Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Thank you for joining us this week, and welcome to the first episode of the McCart News Podcast. I am your one and only host, Sam Dow, and let's get right right into the news of our favorite sir, Sir Paul McCartney. Uh, As many of you know, this past week, uh, Sir Paul McCartney released his hit album, uh, McCartney 3, and uh, I'm going to be breaking down all of your favorite things about... Uh, your favorite sir's favorite album. So, first things first. <laughs> what? <laughs> I was curious. Were you waiting for me to chime in? <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> I was going to let you do your thing because I have nothing to say, really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to see how long you, until you realized that I just started a new podcast without you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, as the McCartney I, I was going to let you do your thing. I was going to let you get it out of your system. And then <laughs> I was going to chime in with my own input and then hopefully move on. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't realize you were part of the McCartney News podcast. I, I guess I am. I, I didn't sign up for it, but uh, I guess. Uh, I you didn't know, invite you. <laughs> Through forces unbeknownst to me, I've kind of been looped into it. So, <laughs> no, go proceed, proceed. <laughs> proceed. Okay, first order of fucking business, Aiden. <laughs> you do not stand band on the run, and that made me very sad. In all seriousness, I know that McCartney isn't for everyone, but I had the McCartney week of my life, and it was glorious. Is that the same thing as every other week? <laughs> <laughs> Well, he doesn't release an album every week, Aiden. Oh, okay. So th- this album came out, uh, looks like the 18th of December. Yeah, so uh, a little over a week ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to, I really did actually want to talk about it a bit because uh, it is an important album to me, whether it's important to you or not. But also some interesting stuff about it that I thought maybe you would appreciate because you did not particularly... Uh, appreciate it beyond it being an album that you heard well okay so i should probably uh elucidate what my opinions of both of the albums that you mentioned were including mm-hmm. band on the run uh which i did mm-hmm. listen to uh yep, i know you did I, I i didn't think they would have the same level of staying power for me i think it's the same thing you recommended uh, uh born to run by bruce springsteen and it's mm-hmm. like an album that i have like a massive level of respect for but it's just not something that i could really get into i'm more into like the stuff that's a little more uh you know i guess experimental or not really experimental but like uh mm-hmm. stuff that's a little more like challenging i guess you could uh, i guess you could say and to be absolutely fair like i'm not uh, saying in an exclusionary way that 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 those two lps that we mentioned are not in any way like cutting edge or experimental because in parts they were uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking at the track list for McCartney 3. I'm just trying to remember which songs that I really liked and what were really cool. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a song that was really beautiful. There was like a, a piano-backed uh, track. I think it was Woman, Women and Wives. 
There's another one called mm. Deep Deep Feeling, um, which is really cool. Deep Deep Feeling, that's one of my more digging ones. Yeah, I, I uh, would actually... Um, I'm not sure if we're going to do our proper reviews of these albums because I have like a much not. more long form opinion of McCartney three, especially less so uh, band on the run. But because mm-hmm. uh, uh, like I would give my two cents as to why it didn't like have the level of like staying power where I would like probably go out of my way to buy the album or like to right. download it or whatever. But uh, yeah, in both cases, like I have like massive level of respect. It's just not like the style that for whatever reason, uh, appeals to me. You know what I'm saying? And while I respect that, there is no place for it on the McCart News podcast. <laughs> True. There's, there's I no just killed a roach for, with my bare hands, for the record. There's no room for dissent. You just killed a roach? Yeah, with my bare hands. I'm yeah. going to... Uh, I'll still be hearing you, but I'm going to go walk over to the sink and wash my hands. You see, my friend Sam Dow from another podcast called Spin This, uh, he lives in Squalor, and uh, he named his album retroactively a- after his massacre of the roach species. So, uh, yeah. Wait, can you? Never mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm back. Yeah. I just washed my hands because I had a dead roach on my hands. So, wait, uh, did the whole, time, the whole time I was doing that spiel, could you hear me or no? Oh, yeah. I got a long wire for my headphones. Okay, sick. And I live in a fucking small ass squalor apartment. So, I can walk to, I could probably walk to two different sinks. Nice. I could probably do the exact same because I live in an apartment. I wouldn't say I would have the same level of squalor, but, uh, yeah, well you don't live in this apartment. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I won't live here too much longer. Uh, yeah. Wait, so how, how much longer does your, uh, when did you sign the lease in August? Uh, September 1st. Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that actually kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, well, is like <laughs> I took over my lease for my apartment from some girl uh, who uh, oh, yeah. who uh, was doing like a lease transfer? So I guess I mean you could always do that. You could transfer the lease to somebody else. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm financially prepared to pay for it mm-hmm. for as long as I'm illegally obligated to. Uh, fortunately, I have a girlfriend that lets <laughs> me stay in a not squalor apartment sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it minimizes my squalor exposure. Yeah, but if you uh, neglect, but so, I'm, I'm I'm so satisfied to kill a roach with my bare hands. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, like it's such an animalistic power. It fills me with the energy where I've. I feel like I now have the power of a grown man plus that roach that I. You now have the power of a grown man by killing insects. (laughs) (laughs) After all this time, I'm finally a grown man. I feel like when you have a when you're a kid and you kill like a whole bunch of uh, ants, it it's sort Mm -hmm. of like you have the power of God. It's like you can. like you yeah, have, except ants did nothing wrong and roaches did everything wrong. What what exactly wrong does roaches do? They're just existing. They live indoors. They don't they belong. They don't belong near my fucking recording podcast setup. They don't belong in my sink. They don't belong snooping around my cupboards. They're just following their toilet. their animal instinct, though. You you want to hear the most animalistic thing that happened before we recorded? What's that? I picked up a roach off the ground with a piece of toilet paper when I was in the bathroom. Right. Uh, I squished it. It didn't die, so I threw it in the toilet, and then I pissed on it. <laughs> I'm, I don't mess around with these fucking roaches. I'm fucking pissed as fuck, man. I don't I'm think fired up. I think you're kind of misplacing your rage a little bit, and I'll explain why. So, <laughs> the, it's like if you were to able to set an example for all roaches, like if you said, like you know, get out of my fucking apartment. If you were, to, if they were intelligent enough to clue into the fact that you were, uh, you know 
ready and willing to genocide their entire species, then I feel like that would be, you know, a good option. But right now I feel like you're just wasting your energy. <laughs> yeah, but it makes me feel better about myself. Okay. It gives me the self-esteem. You're a sadist. Like when a grown-up picks on a little kid. You're, you're basically the Hitler of roaches. Yeah, but I'm a better beetle than Hitler. I'm a better roach than the fucking roaches. Yeah. Better beetle than the roaches. Was, was uh, Hitler better than Herbert Best? I don't know who the fuck we're talking about now. <laughs> Wait, Herbert Best? You don't know? He was uh, the original drummer of the Beatles prior to Ringo. Oh, oh um, I think Hitler was cuter, but he wasn't better than him at drums. Hitler was cuter than Herbert Best? <laughs> it was one, It was either that or the flip of it. Maybe he was a worse drummer. I don't know. Herbert Best, I think, uh, I, I don't know if there's any truth to this. I literally heard this off of The Sopranos, but... After leaving the Beatles, he he wrote an album called The Best of the Beatles because of her best. Nice. And just to, just out of slight for them. And it's like, I, I feel as though, uh, I'm not sure if they took it personally or not, but they uh, his bitterness uh, couldn't surmount the fact that the Beatles were way more recognizable than he will ever be. Yeah. So uh, that's what you I, get I for like being there's... bitter and hostile. And probably nobody I wanted feel... to work with him anyway. Yeah, I feel like the uh, the McCart News podcast, the version of Joe Pastor Smash, is uh, Herbert Worst, Herbert Best. Fair enough. <laughs> um, back on the actual topic before I became uh, the power of a man plus one little roach, uh -huh. um, Paul McCartney's album, McCartney 3. Now, I want to tell you why some of the things around this album are cool, entirely excluding the actual music on the album, Okay. So uh, it was, as we mentioned last podcast or a podcast or two ago, uh, it was originally supposed to come out on December 11th. Um, from what I understand of that, Taylor Swift was supposed to have an album come out that same day, mm -hmm. and she was going to push it to not release on the same day as McCartney 3. But then the gentleman that he is, Sir Paul McCartney, said, you know what, I'll just delay mine a week because I'm Paul McCartney. Okay. He did that. And then her album came out on the 11th, and his came out on the 18th. I heard her, that's um, number one. I heard the uh, her album. I haven't listened to it. It was like a. It's kind of like a follow up to the last album that she did. But I heard it was pretty good. I think it's called Evermore, uh, and yeah. it's like a follow up to the fork, fork, folklore album that she did uh, earlier this year. So I don't know. Oh, she's had two albums this year. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of neat. Uh, but I didn't listen to it. But I might listen to it. I don't know if I'll have a definitive album of the year this year, even though I'm gonna. I already called it previous episodes that it was McCartney 3. But anyways, <laughs> the other part, too, of this album being awesome, uh, he did something called the 12 Days of Paul, hashtag 12 Days of Paul, where he was putting up billboards around the world of just sheet music uh, of songs on the album. And people were doing covers of that and uploading it online without having heard the album before. Mm. That's a fucking cool viral marketing type shit. It's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, as I mentioned to you in the week, Paul McCartney did a Reddit AMA in which I asked a question. Uh, I asked him, uh, uh, you know, I said, Hi, Paul, across your entire musical career, what songs would you consider to be the hidden gems of your catalog? Any personal favorites that don't regularly make their way onto radio, best of compilations or playlists? It's a good question. Yeah, and I figured not everyone's going to ask him what he thinks his underrated songs are. 
And I told you at the time that I did not get a reply from Paul McCartney. Okay. Well, I will say, he did send a message in that thread that said, thank you everyone for all the questions and thank you for your kind comments about my music. I love you. Have a very happy Christmas and a much better new year. I asked a question, so I'm included in that all. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was Paul McCartney loves me confirmed. Okay. Uh, he loves me back. That's either a, a really disappointing or like just a brilliant Freudian slip because I was, I was expecting him to have answered your question, but I wish he did, man. I bet he <laughs> would have fucking saved my life here, man. I bet he uh, uh, answered a lot of like worse questions, but just because they were upvoted by people who who are on Reddit. Yeah, but also because uh, he had like something like I want to say he had like eight, eight uh, almost twenty thousand comments in there, mm-hmm. and mine was one comment of twenty thousand. Yeah, the Reddit. But I got in there when there was less than half that. Like I was in the fir- the early chunk of things. Like it had been up for an hour, and he think he answered his question for like three hours. Oh yeah, uh, and then my other thing I was gonna say is I like the album. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I will preface that. Uh, so I, I know that your issues with the album were kind of stated as already, but. Um, and, and it was more just a respect for the man's musical abilities as it is. Mm-hmm. But the reason I like it, cause it's a McCartney album. McCartney albums are ones where he literally did a hundred percent of everything. Uh, this was just done in his home studio. Um, you know, his first solo album, McCartney was another one he did in his home studio where literally the first two tracks on that album were just him testing his recording setup to make sure like he knows what he's doing in there. And that was making on the album. So this was just something that he made bored in his house during the lockdown. And then he's like, you know what? I think this is a fucking album. And he's like, you know what? It is an album. And then he released that album and he did everything himself. The only thing I think he didn't do was design the album cover. I think he, he hired like a friend to do that. Mm. There was some uh, um, conspiracy theories about how uh, the the album cover was similar in style to uh, David Bowie's last album. And that it, this album was supposed to be his like swan song and stuff like that. <laughs> and people were like, stop. No, don't say no, it. No, don't say that. Hell be fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I, I doubt that, though. Like, I think this yeah, was just him having fun. Yeah. And, and, it, and I feel like I can hear that in the album where, like, I wouldn't say this is lyrically his strongest album. I would say that it's probably even lyrically not one of his strong albums. Mm-hmm. Um. I think musically, it was a lot of him like laying down some jams. Yeah, uh, it was a lot of him like, and even reading up on his creative process, it was just him fucking recording in the like he records one instrument that he in, thought of a riff or a chord progression on, and then he just like records the next instrument to go along with that and layers it up, and then it wouldn't surprise me if like the lyrics were an afterthought for a lot of the songs. Yeah, uh, if they were more just like, you know, a key idea that he just kind of ran with. Actually, that was one of the criticisms that I had of the album while listening to it. I thought that some of the... There were good ideas in there, but they were like spread a little bit too thin. Especially the first track. The first track almost has like a kind of... Almost like Phrygian sounding guitar riff. I don't know if that's necessarily the case. But it sounded like it was the same thing. There were like minor variations in it, like layered over each other. 
and I was like, oh, this is this is interesting. This could play well into another song. But I feel like that, like there were several good ideas that were kind of like spread very thinly. And some of the other tracks have the same problem. I feel like the the song more song oriented tracks didn't have that issue. Um, whereas like the the more instrumentally focused tracks did kind of have that problem, I guess you could say. But See, so, I would say that's the kind of shit that I liked of this. Like, that's the kind of album that I would make, like where I just have like one core idea mm -hmm. and I maybe do a couple of variations of it. But then I just fucking add shit to that and fucking get it in, get it down. And maybe I add lyrics as an afterthought. Maybe I don't. But like, that's the kind of shit that I was hoping to find on this album. And that's why I feel like this is a great album, because I pretty much got exactly what I was looking for from this album. OK, cool. Um, I would say it's probably my second favorite of the McCartney trilogy after McCartney one and then McCartney three or McCartney two is my third favorite. Okay. This is my second favorite. And that concludes the McCartney's podcast. <laughs> uh, you can find us on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google play. If that exists anymore, uh, you can find us on Paul McCartney's website. Uh, you can find us at his house. Uh, you can find us, you know, you can find us in the, uh, in Liverpool itself. You can find us uh, hiding in his basement. You will find the McCartney news where you find it. I've been Sam Dow. Oh, and, and I will talk to you next. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> All right, should we do the spin this podcast now? <laughs> All right, yeah, let's do it. That was a good, like ten minutes of <laughs> of the bit. Well, I'm actually glad that you uh, had something to Got fill with this way. podcast. No, as, as time wise. <laughs> Like, if you're looking at the notes right now, our notes for this episode are episode 16 notes for news and commentary, Paul McCartney 3, end of notes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wrote that, and then I'm like, well, I'll just talk about yeah. it, I guess. <laughs> I, I knew this was probably going to be more or less a free-form podcast, uh, yeah. because for news and commentary, I really like... So, I didn't really have anything prepared, so I kind of spun the wheel just so we could get, like, a random piece of news. The one mm -hmm. that I had... Uh, was that Spotify would be launching in South Korea in 2021. And so cool. the reason why this is somewhat relevant to the uh, Spin This lore is we've been talking about how Korean music has been taking over in the American music industry uh, to some extent, right? Mm. It's still, right. uh, still a marginal portion of it. But, I mean, if you look at some of the bigger artists, they're really kind of uh, gaining traction, by, especially by collaborating with... Uh, more Western artists as well. Um, and so what I'm thinking is now that you have Spotify launching in that country, you could also have Spotify artists who use the platform to promote their music as well. So now you're furthering the takeover of Korean music in the Western music industry. So mm -hmm. that's the only reason why I wanted to mention that. It's put like a pretty like minor piece of news. Like uh, it was probably bound to happen anyway. But yeah, yeah. The K-pop will grow. Yeah. K-pop and J-pop. That's Japanese. I don't think Japanese. I don't think J-pop is uh, quite as popular as K-pop, though, which is odd. Why? Why is that odd? Well, because like, uh, why would uh, uh, Korean pop music be successful and not Japanese? Although I don't know how successful Jap Japanese music is in relation to Korean music, and I'm talking specifically about pop. I couldn't specifically tell you why K-pop itself is so uh, popular. Like, um, I'm like I for one, I'm not someone that particularly listens to lyrics most of the time. Like, I'm more focused on the music Same. part rather than Same. the lyrics part. 
But even then, like, I like to be able to speak the language. And maybe people are picking up Korean from it, but uh, it's just kind of too many layers removed for me. Yeah, true. I mean, like, I listen to music from a whole bunch of other, like, German music and fucking Icelandic music and shit. And then, you know, I mean, it, it really depends on how pre- prevalent the lyrics are in comparison to uh, the music, like you said, the actual composition. So... Yeah, it's like if if it's if it's a lyrical oriented track, like it's uh, you know a German pop song from like the nineteen eighties. Like I'm probably not gonna fuck with it. Yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah, as this is the last recorded episode of twenty twenty, um, did we want to kind of like have our own like last week we kind of did the the Grammys and stuff yeah. a bit. But did we want to have our kind of personal takes on what the 2020 musical year has been like? Yeah. Well, I mean, I had an idea for a section and uh, I, I guess now would be the the best time to do it because it's almost 2021. But what I wanted to nice. do was for the year 2020, the for Joe Pass, Joe Smash, I wanted to do it was the best of Smash. It was the worst of Pass. <laughs> nice. I stand. <laughs> Don't pass or smash. All right. Well, I mean, like, I, I'm only going to do the stuff that, that kind of comes to memory. Um, my overview for pop for this year was that there was some actual really good stuff that came out. But mm-hmm. largely, um, I mean, the stuff that came out that wasn't very good wasn't necessarily terrible it was just kind of boring and uh it kind of just yeah it kind of just washes over you a little bit so uh i don't know did you want to uh give this a a start or uh, do you want me to go right in well uh, for the worst of the passes Mm -hmm. um the joe passes excuse me uh i would get like to give an honorable mention because it's not technically a joe pass but to that uh the og stinker that macarena song (laughs) yeah Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it was it predated Joe Pastor Smash by an episode or two, mm-hmm. um, but I definitely I, it it embodied what I wanted from a Joe Pass. Yeah. So I give it the honorable mention. I give it the honorary uh, pass. I give it the embossment of a Joe Pass signature. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, like you're implying that that's a bad thing to have your. To have your, your I mean, if, jazz legend was, <laughs> embossed on your anything, you know, like like a guitar, for example. <laughs> if it was the real Joe Pass's signature, I mean, it's not like it's a, you know, Joe Smash signature or anything. Fair enough. But if it was the real signature, like if Joe Pass himself had signed it, that'd be one thing. But I mean, yeah, just, you know. Sorry for for. Did you want to do your best, or should I do my worst, and then I'll I'll uh, hit me up back. with your worst. I've also got a couple more worsts to do, but you hit me up with one. Honestly, some of the worst tracks were, uh, you know, came out of uh, Mister Six Nine for me. Yes. Yeah. Yes, my guy. Yeah, they're just that's you. You beat me to the post. I I don't know. Like I remember when we were reviewing some of his tracks, we tried to be as uh, charitable as possible. But in absolute terms, they're just not really that good. They're just kind of garbage. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like 6 9 really kind of banks his uh, uh, success off of his uh, transgressive nature. You know, his the, mm-hmm. the dangerous kind of... Yeah. But really, I mean, he's not really that good or interesting of a songwriter. Like, I haven't really uh, seen anything from him that is, like, interesting in any way. So I think the tr- two tracks mm-hmm. that we reviewed... 
Gooba was the one we, tr- we reviewed earlier on. And the next one was... And Trolls. Yeah, Trolls. Trolls, I think, yeah. was... With Nicki Minaj. Yeah, was it like... A l- or Cardi B. I don't know. It was Nicki Minaj, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, Trolls, I think, was like a little bit better, if I'm not mistaken. But both of them yes. were like almost equally bad. Uh, Gooba mm-hmm. was, was pretty fucking bad. Um, the problem is, is that they're just so bland. Uh like both lyrically and in terms of composition as well. And this mm-hmm. will like tie into the next um, uh, worst of past that I wanted to talk about. It's almost like the, the sound itself, the, uh, you know, 808s, the, uh, you know, strong kind of bass line, and then the lyrics, mm. which are kind of done in a very kind of mundane, like mumbled way, right? Carousery, you know, of the genre mumble, mumble rap, right? Yeah. Uh, what, what one is this? What's that? What one is this? <laughs> this Crap. is both of them. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, which one are you talking about? Well, oh, right. Yeah, this both. is the problem. It's like, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't tell them apart. I feel as though uh, they're phoned in in the way that I feel like the, if you place enough kind of, uh, you know, transgressive, controversial lyrical content in there, and then you, you, add the 808s you add the kind of like very minimal syncopated synth line all that you Mm -hmm. really need is that and then you've you've accomplished the minimum of the genre Mm -hmm. right and i feel as though it's like the barrier to entry for this genre is so little but because you know you would have to have something extra in order to be successful and then in six nines case it's just his his history, right? The fact that he went to prison, right. the fact that he snitched on, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other Some rappers, guy. right? So um, that's basically all that you have, really. And then it's yeah. just a vibe. It's just an aesthetic. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where you put on in the background uh, if you're into that vibe. And it's, you know, that's the kind of purpose that it serves. I found it kind of shitty, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, I will say this. 6 9 has nowhere to go but up. Yeah, I'm hoping next year he really brings his A game and he can make it to the the best uh, of the Smash leaderboards. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm rooting I, for him. It's an underdog story. Yeah, I mean, like he's not exactly an underdog in the in the well in the strict sense, but I mean, yeah, in the terms of Joe Smash Joe Pass, he is the other than the Macarena guy whose name I don't recall. He is the underdog story of spin this podcast true okay fair enough that I, that makes sense in real life he is less he, he is the overdog i i just re, like accidentally opened uh one of his lyric web pages on genius yeah. and one of the lines is stupid listen <laughs> just randomly <laughs> <laughs> anyway and then one of them is are you dumb stupid or dumb huh yes yeah, that that's brilliant. I mean, like, yes, I don't want to sound like a boomer and say that, like, oh, you know, you know, back in the day, you know, we had like Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. You know, comp- composing, Bieber. yeah, these brilliant Justin Bieber, like lyrical genius, virtuosos, absolute paragons of poetry, writing the best stuff. No, it's not the case. I mean, lyrics have always been, you know, simple. Yeah, there's always been good lyrics and always been shit lyrics. Yeah, it's always been that way. But. Uh, <laughs> Everything's got to be judged on his merit, right? Yeah. Uh, 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 of another of the worst of the passes, um, for your sake, I would like to nominate Juicy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you reminded me. Called. <laughs> I feel as though Justin Bieber is another person who uh, he's improved over his career. 
But that's only because uh, the music that he made was so kind of embarrassing in a way. Mm -hmm. Like the music that he made in like 2007 through 10, right? When he was like almost like a kid, like a rising kind of child star was just so embarrassing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he kind of became Uh, the butt of a joke. And so everything above that was considered like, oh, you know, he's improving. But I mean... Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a ceiling to his level of improvement. Right, but but credit where it is probably due. Um, at the beginning of the pan- pan- uh, pandemic lockdown, he did the crowdsourced video, yeah, which was apparently revolutionary, at least in this type of. Well, I gotta stop you right uh, there. Format. The the crowdsourced video had existed, and it had been done, you know to different degrees of efficacy. I, I don't think that... It was definitely not Justin Bieber and Ariana Grande who first I started. would go on the record and retract that compliment yeah. to Justin Bieber. In fact, uh, um, another artist... In fact, I'll put a diss on him, an insult, that how dare you try and weasel your way out of Joe Pass. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's like... I think uh, uh, Charlie XCX did the same thing. Uh, although I think that hmm. by that time, uh, the outsourced video had already been established a little bit but i mean she did it with like a a much a much more artistic uh editing and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. in fact i think justin bieber's one was kind of like like gratuitous like i'm not sure who he got to do his thing but it it definitely wasn't like a randomly outsourced uh music video i feel like he just kind of got uh people who were successful on instagram (laughs) in order and like have it like home videoified a little bit, so yeah. yeah. Well, then that just ruins everything. He really is the wor- the worst of the past. <laughs> yeah. Funny enough, I think that um, I remember one positive of his output this year was that he featured on a Drake song, but he didn't sing. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, it's because Drake just did not want to film that, and so he's like, you know what? Just get Justin to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, uh, I feel like he fit the bill, right? Because he had a, a little bit of a controversial streak to him, right? Yeah. The bad boy. But he's like, you know, the a kind of like rich bad boy where it's like, you know, he's not really doing bad stuff. He, he's just doing bad stuff that he can get away with, you know? Yeah. He's not like 6 9 where he's like actually done some fucked up shit. Are you like making some eggs or something? <laughs> I, I I killed a roach on the wall. Oh, okay. Uh, and then I, I stomped one on my way to wash my hands. Do you want an egg? <laughs> yeah. Roasted oh, roaches squalor. here. Yeah. Fried roaches. on You could start London, Ontario's first uh, night market, like the what the one they have in China, the night market. What about the night market? Well, it's like where you roast, like, uh, you have, like, roasted roaches and stuff like that. It's like you basically have a free food source. Didn't they do that with bats and that kind of led to coronavirus and shit? Yeah, but I mean, like, I think your roaches are probably fine. They're not Chinese. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're in my apartment, though. Yeah. It's not ideal. I wouldn't recommend them. They're probably not. They don't probably taste terrible. Besides, I mean, it, like they're the ones who are eating it. They have the the discretion. <laughs> yeah. Uh, on a much more positive note, do you want to talk about some of the the best of the smashes? Let's do the best of the smash. Uh, I would. I'm gonna say probably song of the year for me was uh, Billie Eilish's "My Future." 
Oh, really? One of my favorite one, probably the one I've listened to the most. Yeah. That that came out this year. That was a really good song, and I I'm yeah, gonna man. I'm gonna include that one in my best of Smash as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I mean a few Billie Eilish songs have made it into my best of Smash as well. Um, yeah. That one and everything I wanted. Uh, although yeah. we should I I should specify that th- this is songs that we've reviewed this year. They're not necessarily yeah. songs that came out in 2020 because I think everything right. I wanted came out in 2019. So, you know, uh, right. Yeah. But I think it's nominated for the Grammy or whatever. Yeah. I don't know when that's well, it's because uh, it came out before the Grammys, the 2020 mm-hmm. Grammys. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. That's why, that's why it qualified for the 2021 Grammys. Uh, yeah, so that one was good. Uh, I want to say the the most uh, shafted song as far as the Grammys goes was um, one of my favorite songs of this year. Uh, probably a contender for the most smashiest of them all. The most smashing is mm-hmm. uh, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. Uh, oh. Yeah. Hmm. I dig that track. Okay. Uh, I think I gave it a, a banger on that first episode. Yeah. Back in the um, legacy bangers and smashers era, yeah. But I, uh, I'll say that I don't think I've really listened to that one since the review of it. Whereas something like "My Future" by Billie Eilish, I, li- I have it in a playlist now. Mm-hmm. Like that one, I Joe smash to all the time. I think I would probably have listened to it a lot more if I wasn't already inundated with it. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, in the because it's been in the background. Uh, playing on the radio where I work. Yeah, so. you're someone that's exposed to the radio on a regular basis. Yeah, so I wouldn't go out of my way. But I did add it to one of my YouTube playlists. Mm-hmm. I'll also give an honorable mention to the uh, more recent uh, Therefore I Am. Not as good as my future, but that solidified of, okay, I can fuck with Billie Eilish. I, I can dig this shit. Yeah, that one's really it's grown solid on track. Me. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like a, a hooky kind of track to listen to. And it's more of like a fun song than My Future, were, whereas My Future is more, much more sentimental and groovy. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do one that was kind of like a deeper cut uh, because I remember uh, reviewing this song and it wasn't necessarily a, a chart-topping song. It was kind of like a deeper cut on an album. It's the song mm-hmm. Future Nostalgia by Dua Lipa. It's like the title track off of the album. Uh, it wasn't nearly as successful as Don't Start Now, which was the uh, probably one of the biggest songs of this year. Um, and I, I still think that uh, Future Nostalgia is a, is a better track, although I really I do appreciate listening to Don't Start Now now because I've mm-hmm. uh, listened to it independently of the radio. And I feel like when you hear something played on the radio, uh, especially in the background, you don't have the same level of appreciation for it because you're not listening to it properly. It's just something that's on. Uh, so, I mean, Don't Start Now, I guess I can kind of include it, but we didn't technically review it, so I don't want to. Um, yeah, also, I never, I don't think I've heard it. I, I haven't been exposed to the radio. Yeah. The, the reason why I like uh, Future Nostalgia, the song, so much uh, is because uh, I think there's some really cool harmony in here. And uh, it's definitely a track that actually does homage to 70s and 80s funk and, uh, you know, synth pop mm-hmm. and everything like that. It does it really well. Um, it, it sounds like, I mean, it's apropos this, the name of the songs, Future Nostalgia. So 
It's it does right. the same thing that uh, blinding lights does, in that it doesn't sound, uh, you know, too much too anachronistic. It sounds like mm-hmm. something that was came out in the year twenty twenty, but it, you know, harkens back to an era in a more vague sense, which is really cool right. to me. But yeah, yeah so that's uh, that's pretty much all of my best of Smash that comes to mind, at least. I, I will say something that was. Uh, something I didn't expect to fuck with as much as I did, uh, Ariana Grande, thirty four, thirty five. <laughs> I have added that to my get psyched mix along with the my future track. Yeah, that one is a surprising Joe smash. Yeah, yeah. And I, I am unashamedly saying that that is contender for the top one. Like it, like my future Billy Eilish is like another tier of really awesome. Mm-hmm. But that one is up there. Also, I was gonna give another, um, maybe not as I guess I like I dig it personally, but more uh, societally the reaction. Uh, WAP. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I mean it's a good song, but also like it kind of really had had its uh, spotlight for a moment there. Yeah, yeah. It was a, a track that garnered a lot of discussion for sure. Yeah, 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 and lots of memes from it. Another track um, that was shafted by the Grammy Awards that we did, I think mm-hmm. we discussed last time. What WAP? Yeah, it was it was shafted by the yeah. Grammys. I don't think it's nominated. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't think it is. Do you ever listen to any Jacob Collier? Never heard of him. Oh, he's like um, uh, he's like a singer songwriter, but he's like really, uh, there's a lot of like jazz and influence and stuff and stuff like that, and he like mm-hmm. experiments with like you know, alternate tunings and shit. I don't know. It's kind of a random thing, but I found out that he was nominated for three Grammys this year. Uh, hmm. He's kind of a young guy. You might've seen his stuff on YouTube. Like he, he has some like viral videos where he like composes stuff in like Locrian sharp six or whatever the fuck. But um, right. I find his music to be like interesting conceptually, but kind of like boring to listen to a little bit. But a lot of people um, on the shit posting of jazz to come, uh, Facebook group really dig his stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I will try to remember that name and look into him. Yeah. The only reason I had mentioned it was because we were kind of talking about the Grammys a little bit, and I, I was surprised yep. to know that he was nominated for three. Well, congratulations, Jacob. Yeah. There was a song. Fuck. There was a song that Taylor Swift did this year, off of her first album that she released. Ooh, this shake year. it off. No, that that came out a few years back. Um, I'll, I'll give it a Joe Smash, anyways. Shake it off. Yeah, yeah, that one was off of uh, Red or the the one that was actually a good album. Uh, I can't remember. Couldn't tell you which one. I think Red was the one that I really dug because there was like a. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one with um, a style, which is like still one of her best songs. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm I, I'll take your word for it. I'm, I try to remember the song that we reviewed. Uh, that that was like. It wasn't yeah. the most popular song off of that album, but it was like a really well done song. Yeah. Fuck. No, I, I I remember us reviewing it, but I don't really remember the song itself too well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I I still have yet to listen to. I think it was Exile. No, no, no. That, oh yeah, yeah. No, no. Uh, that, that's... No, no. Exile was the one of the popular songs because it featured uh, Bon Iver. Uh, yeah. That sounds familiar, but I don't know if we talked about it. Yeah. It's like I think it was a it was a more piano based track. I think it was called Hoax. I think it was Hoax. Mm. Hoax was That's the one a, I wrote. That also sounds familiar. So I'll take your word for it. Yeah, I, I haven't listened to that album properly, but I listened to the 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 big tracks off of it. I think Cardigan and Exile, and they weren't as interesting 
it was it was good to hear uh, Bon Iver and also Aaron Desner from uh, the National, but they were you mm-hmm. know they were just okay to me. But uh, Hoax yeah. was one I really liked, and I think um, the National, which is a great band, uh, feature on uh, Evermore, which is her second album that she came out with, the one that I mentioned earlier uh, that came out on the 11th. Uh, but anyway, I mean, uh, I, I just thought that it would be cool to at least listen to at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Now that she's doing more like less pop oriented stuff and more like almost indie stuff, I guess you could say. Yeah. Like singer songwritery stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some more like stripped back kind of more composition oriented yeah. stuff. So hmm. I think uh, her new album features a whole bunch of like complex time signatures and stuff like that. So she's really kind of experimenting. Yeah. I'd consider listening to her new album considering that uh, Paul McCartney himself uh, seemed to approve of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give it a go. That th- makes it worth. Uh, yeah. I think the reviews for it are good, but I don't know. Uh, anyway. Uh, so that uh, did you have any more best and or worst of Smash and or Pass? Um, that's pretty much it for the uh, the Smash and or Passes. Yeah, that kind of. Um, I, I was thinking also, I think it was probably your suggestion that I'm going to take credit for in the moment. But what if we were kind of did a retrospective view of some of the better uh, Get Wrecked nerds? Get Wrecked Nerd. So I will say probably the best album that I was wrecked this year, uh, Nerd by You, Nerd, was uh, 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 Gab- Gabor Zabo, uh, Dreams album. Oh, yeah. That's probably the one I've revisited the most uh, since having been wrecked, Nerd. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, especially that first song on it where it fucking, once it like kicks in with that little like scrapey percussion-y thing. Yeah. Like once it once that comes in and like the the composition really comes together, it's like that's a, that's a that's a total smash right there. Yeah, I love how it's produced a lot like a jazz album, but uh, mm-hmm. but it's like almost like a uh, Latin-y guitarish stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's almost more like straightforward bits in it. Like there are definitely sections in the, within the album that are more improvisational, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I think overall it's like uh it's it's not necessarily like a jazz album. It's just like um it's something fusion. It's a kind of its own category. I'd be curious to listen to other works of uh Gabor Zaba. Mm-hmm. But uh it's the only exploration I've done as of right now. There was a there was some piece of media that I watched recently that had a Gabor Zabo track on it. I don't think it was I, I've been rewatching the Sopranos, so it, I don't think it's the Sopranos though. It was another thing that I watched. Oh, Queen's Gambit. Oh. Queen's Gambit had a... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did say that, I think. The part where she's, like, doing drugs with that guy. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. She does drugs in the show? Yeah. Well, she's drugs. Oh, yeah, I've seen She's it. drugs. <laughs> she is drugs. She's a product of drugs. Uh, no, no, she... She is a bad influence. Do not do drugs. Yeah. Unless you really like Gabor Zabo. Oh, it was just pot and stuff, but... Well, she remember she Marijuana? was Marijuana. Did you watch? You watched Queen's Gambit, right? Did you watch the whole thing? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I liked it. There, it's the part where she's at that one guy's house and she's like, uh, she uh, has sex with him, and there's drugs. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, yeah. that was because I I didn't know that song, but I'm like, oh, that yeah. sounds so familiar. Who is that? And then it's uh, Gabor Zebo because it's the same style. Oh, yeah. 
He uses yeah, pretty I, much the I, same. I liked I recognized the style, and I think you told me that it was him mm-hmm. afterwards. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I remember some good the good uh, uh, non-score music in that. Tr- like, there's a good soundtrack to mm-hmm. that, I think. There's some good, yeah. like, uh, uh, 70s, 60s and 70s stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did you have any highlights of the Get Wrecked Nerd? Yeah, so the best album I think that you recommended me was one that I actually did end up buying and uh, has been fantastic. Like, it really blew me away was Morph the Cat by Donald Fagan. Nice. I, nice. I, I, I probably wouldn't... Like, if it, this was 2015, I probably wouldn't have really liked it because I didn't really get into uh, Steely Dan properly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, especially now that I have the context of Steely Dan and now that I can appreciate their music a lot more... Um, yeah. This album was just like phenomenal. Like uh, it was, yeah. it's among, like if you can count the albums uh, that the individual artists did, did with Steely Dan's catalog, it's one of the best yeah. I've listened to. And I've, to be yeah. fair, I haven't really gotten properly into Steely Dan's catalog. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I've listened to uh, the Royal Scam, Asia, mm-hmm. and then I think I listened to... Uh, Gaucho? No, it wasn't Gaucho. It was uh, the more popular sounding one. It's the one with, um, uh, fuck, I can't remember off the top of my head. Pretzel's Logic or Pretzel Logic? Yeah, it's the one with the really wacky album cover. Oh, um, uh, see if I can find it. Can't buy a thrill. That's the one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I know that one. Is I uh, that one has Dirty Work? Okay, that's like the first one, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one I don't know was like I know songs off of it from like best of Reeling in the Years I think might be on that one. Yes, that's correct. Um, yeah, so a lot of their bigger tracks are off that LP. Yeah, they do have some good hits on there. Uh, in terms of album, it's, uh, I'd say Asia is probably the best of their albums, and then I do really like Royal Scam and Gaucho. Yeah, but I would say that Morph the Cat and The Nightfly, as well as Comicuriad, uh, which are all. Donald Fagan solo albums uh, are among the best Steely Dan albums. Yeah. Uh, well, like, I, I mean, put it, I, I put those three albums at a similar level to like Gaucho and Royal Scam, probably. Yeah. I put I probably put Nightfly as high as Asia, even. Yeah, Steely Dan for me was those one of those uh, artists that I just like didn't get, and then like totally one eighty'd on. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I was there for that emotional journey, <laughs> and uh, I was happy to see it turn into the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Asia has just become like one of my favorite albums of all time, I think. Uh, yeah, my dude. Yeah, it's it's a it's the best out al- one of the best albums probably ever for me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, in terms of other get wrecked nerds, uh, one that I discovered this year that I wrecked to you that was a surprising uh, album that I found uh, was one called uh, Mother Nature's Son, which uh, oh, yeah. is by a, the jazz musician. Uh, Ramsey Lewis, and it's all covers of Beatles songs from the the White Album. I was going to mention that one as well because I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. <laughs> yeah, and I don't particularly. I'm not a huge fan of the White Album by the Beatles, but I was surprised by this album. Like I didn't even realize what I was listening to until I decided to investigate it. It was really funny because I got into the Beatles in high school, and then I listened to yeah. the fuck out of them for a little while, and then it just kind of died away. Uh, but I still recognize a lot of the tunes off these, tra- off these tracks, and I really like how he put his spin on it. It's it's a really cool mm-hmm. fusion album. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's definitely a, 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 a good album. Yeah. Uh, probably mm. the best album that I discovered this year that I wrecked. I do believe I wrecked this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm like mm-hmm. fairly sure, certain. Uh, I, I think it was uh, a Woodfall by Muskox. Uh, because, mostly because it's the album that I've listened to the most. Uh, I listened to the fuck out of it when I was uh, uh, at work. It's just like a great kind of instrumental folk album. Uh, yeah. and part of the reason why I like it is because, uh, it's an Ottawa musician. So it's like, right. It's, you know, respect, right? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Like, gotta support. Gotta um, support the fuck then, out of your local artist. I'd support local musicians. Would you support you local support musicians? musicians? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another album that... It supports the uh, lo- <laughs> it supports the local artist, or else it gets the hose again. Yes, <laughs> another uh, album that was wrecked to me by you. That was a surprising one. That took me a long time to listen to. Was the uh, Gate of Dreams by Klaus Ogerman. Mm-hmm. The Ogerman is the shit. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I I feel as though that's like um, a really good. It's almost like a Pink Floyd-esque journey in a way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Speaking of Pink Floyd, uh, I do remember that you recommended to me uh, The Madcap Laughs by Sid Barrett. Yes, I did. Uh, I think you recommended both Barrett. I'm not sure if I ever got around to listening to Barrett, but I should listen to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but And that was a great album. I remember you recommended it to me a long time ago, and I don't think oh, I yeah, was yeah. as uh, open-minded... Uh, listening to it back then as I was now, but uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely appreciate uh, Sid Barrett, and I and I think that uh, he he was in his way kind of like a musical genius. Yeah, like a very specific musical genius. Yeah, yeah, in that like I I, I feel as though the early years of of Pink Floyd are probably the not as known. Like people still know Piper of the Gates at the Gates of Dawn yeah. and like Saucer Full of Secrets and all those albums. Although yeah. I think did he was he gone after Saucerful of Secrets? He had one song in Saucerful of Secrets. Yeah. Uh, but before Piper of the Gates of Dawn, they had a bunch of singles like uh, See Emily Play yeah. and Arnold Lane and all those types of songs, and he was pretty much the creative force behind all those and the first album. Was he on uh, uh, Careful with That Axe, Eugene? He was. Yeah. I think that's the only song that had all five members on it. I didn't know this, but apparently recently Pink Floyd put out their Early Years compilation. Where it's oh, like yeah. a whole bunch of those songs and uh, uh, like others that were haven't been released yet. So it's got like uh, oh. Sid Barrett on most of them. That'd be interesting to look into. I never, I never heard of yeah. that. The early years, nineteen sixty-five to nineteen seventy-two. It came out in two thousand sixteen, uh, and it's like a very long. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing that if you were to buy like a physical version of it, it would probably come as like a box set. There right. are. Holy shit, there are 25, no, wait, there are like almost 30 parts to it. And a lot of them are like live renditions of songs. So it's like, it seems like it's the kind of thing that costs like $50 or more. (laughs) Yeah, I would try and find that on Spotify or something along those lines. Yeah, honestly, I don't think I would buy it because a lot of them seem to be uh, live renditions of songs that already exist. 
but I definitely would want to see like the, the the first part is like the 1965 recordings. So it yeah. has the ones like like you said, see Emily play, Arnold Blaine, uh, Apples and Oranges. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not right. I don't. I'm not as familiar with those tracks. But uh, yeah. But then a lot of the other ones are you know Baton Rouge, Paris, France. You know, like they're like live right. performances. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, I remember having an early Pink Floyd uh, album or like compilation of the early singles on my on my iPod classic back in high school and listen to the fuck out of that. So iPod. I would even love to just hear like interesting live versions that I've never heard before of those songs. Cool. So I'll look into that. So that will also be added to my Get Wrecked highlight of the year, assuming that I listen to it. Yeah. It, it's you're gonna need like an, an entire year to listen to it <laughs> yeah yeah um uh i was also thinking we could have a few little musical highlights uh of the year uh that happened uh at all but didn't fit in the other categories like for us uh, like big for big us musical for moments. the world as well like one of the world ones i was thinking uh, that was pretty cool was uh, when Post Malone did that Nirvana uh, live stream, like back in like April, May, uh, around that time. Yeah, that was really impressive. Yeah, man. That was like my introduction to Post Malone. I'm like, oh, fuck, this guy actually has musical chops. Yeah, I feel like if we had reviewed uh, Circles, which was one of his big singles that came out the past year, uh, it would have yeah. definitely been in the Joe Smash category for the best of Smash, the worst of Pass. Yeah, uh, I think it was in Bangers in the first episode, yeah. but I don't I haven't listened to it since then, so I can't really give a f- proper opinion on it now. That's true. Yeah. But I would listen to that album. It is a really good song. Like it's just really yeah. well produced, really well uh arranged, like it's it's excellent. Yeah. Uh which I didn't expect I would ever say of Post Malone. Like I had a very kind mm-hmm. of just like n- middling opinion of <laughs> Post Malone like right. before, but I feel like he's really developed as an artist. And you yeah. can kind of see uh, more of his influences shining through uh, other than yeah. just like kind of generic kind of trap stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I, another musical highlight of the year, uh, the Roger Waters Us and Them uh, live concert was released, mm-hmm. um, which is a pretty fucking dope if you're a Pink Floyd fan uh, and don't mind Roger Waters getting a little bit political. Um, then it's a pretty good fucking show to watch. What are Roger Waters' politics? I'm assuming he's like pretty uh, well, radical. He used the, well, he used a lot of um, songs from animals and stuff. Okay. Uh, especially kind of criticizing Trump and stuff like that in his live show. Hmm. Um, so it's basically like, you know, kind of him making a statement. Like the wall is very much a statement of itself, but... Um, yeah, you should watch it. I think you'd actually uh, kind of vibe with it musically and kind of visually with some of the stuff he's got going on. I would dig it. I would excavate it. Yes, you would. Indeed. I really can't think of much that happened this year musically because this year was kind of like uh, everything kind of grind, grinded ground to a halt Yeah. Uh, because of COVID-19. Yeah. And no live shows ever again yeah. this year. Yeah. Um. Uh, rest in peace, Google Play. Or I was whatever. gonna say, I was like, that's the only thing that came to mind. <laughs> yeah, that all affected me in a negative way. I feel like that was the only time this year where I've gotten like really properly pissed off at something. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I 
for for us, like in terms of our lives, I did put out an album this year. Yeah. Uh, or it wasn't technically an album; it was more of an EP. Uh, but uh, really, I, I was kind of proud of this one because this so far this is the only album that I've put out that I've actually gone back and listened to several times, and that I've just not yeah. resented. Um, a living world. Yeah, I like it. Uh, yeah, it's the only, yeah, it feels like a proper album. Uh, like the tracks feel kind of yeah. consistent throughout and you put out a really good album this year. Uh, Did I? is it? I don't remember. I'm not sure if it's technically <laughs> I finished. <laughs> uh, I put out a few tracks from fake mustaches this year, probably more tracks this year than previous years. Yeah. Well, that, that's the one um, I was, uh, referring to. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that album is technically released or finished. I... It, it, it's got a couple more tracks in process. I'm hoping 2021, uh, I'm hoping like the first half of 2021, I'll have like the remaining two or three tracks finished up. Yeah. And I found that I have a lot more luck releasing songs one at a time than dropping a whole album at once. Yeah. Like I get a little more plays that way. Yeah. I mean, I actually, in terms of SoundCloud, I think, uh, Three, actually four of your tracks, three of them were off of uh, Fake Mustaches and other songs. Yeah. Were on my uh, Spotify 2020 playback is what it's called. Oh, yeah. It's like a retrospective uh, compilation of all the tracks that you listen to. Um, yeah. Science Fiction Future, Science Fiction Future, eh? uh, The Hero, yeah. and Internet Phenomena were all on there. Nice. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Internet Phenomena right now has 69 plays. Nice. I'm not going to play it then. I'm done with it. Okay. No one can ever play that song again. <laughs> Nobody listened to that song. Oh, and then Millennial Millennium is up there, but I didn't listen to it as much because you didn't list, uh, release it until relatively recently. Yeah, that one's the most recent release. Um, and it only has 13 plays on SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, I wish I had a little more, but maybe when the album is complete. Uh, and another musical highlight of mine was the uh, the collaboration with our boy Brucey, yep. uh, Plight of Bare Essentials, um, which had, last I checked, it had over 1,500 plays, which is, uh, you know, more plays than anything I've had ever. Uh, more plays than I've had in the last two years, probably. Yeah. So that's kind of exciting. Um, and probably the most interesting thing I've been a part of musically that wasn't a solo project of any extent. Uh, so I'm pretty proud of how that turned out and the reception that it got. Yeah. I, I really like the track as well. Um, mm -hmm. It's probably it definitely it's definitely in my 2020 retrospective as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and it's a great grocery core album. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> it gave birth to the genre. It was the genesis well, the club. Genesis was my SoundCloud oh, yeah. shout-out of last week. Oh, yeah, Bag in the Groceries, yeah. Bag in the Groceries, man. Yeah, this was man, uh, uh, influenced by that, for sure. Yeah, well, uh, at the time of recording this, we have not released episode 15 yet, yep. because I was editing it this afternoon, and I could tell I was so fucking tired during that episode, man. <laughs> I like had literally woken up a few minutes before, like the like I woke up and then set up my computer to start recording. It was and a, I could hear it in my voice. Overall, last episode that we did was kind of a rough episode, but there's still stuff yeah. of merit in there. Yeah, and it's pretty long. Like it's uh, it's maybe almost it's maybe an hour forty. I think. Really? I can't remember. Yeah, it's pretty long, man. Wait, an hour and forty minutes? 
I could be wrong, but I think it is. That's insane. I, I wait, what did you like add anything to it? <laughs> I did not add anything to it. I will check it right now. I thought it was a long ass recording. Um, might have been. I am not going to check it right now because I almost closed my logic by doing that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have a feeling that, um, it wasn't that long, <laughs> but, I, but for some reason I thought we, we capped it at an hour, didn't we? Well, we did a lot of the Grammy talks yeah, and stuff and I, um, I could not tell you, I could not tell you for some reason I thought it was an hour 40 when I closed it, but I could have been wrong. Maybe it's only 40, but it felt like it took a long time to edit. Oh, oh, it might've been, you know how the one is like, it's automatically, you know what? There? You may be very much right. Yeah. It may only be 40 minutes. Yeah. It's somewhere in there. It's somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I think we're pretty much to the end. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do it? I have, I have no shout outs. I have no get wrecked. Today was just a recap. Yep. And I'm good with that. Me too. I don't really have anything else I really want to say. Yep. I think we have said everything that ever needs to be said on the topic of music. Yes. Ever. We will see you next week <laughs> for more <laughs> of the same. Hopefully someone releases music so we have something to talk about. I guess you could say we're a broken record. Record. Mic drop. Insert that audio clip of a mic dropping. It's not a, a mic, mic drop out of, uh, you know, winning. It's just a mic drop out of disgrace. Like, drop your mic right there. Yeah. <laughs> Pack up your mic. Drop your mic you're because out. you're done. You're out of the McCart News podcast. Rip. It was it was so short and sweet. Yep. And you loved every minute of being on that podcast. I did. I, I could I could you know do like a I could be like a backseat driver almost. I was almost a feature. It was featuring Aiden yeah. Claire. Well, no. I mean, you didn't even get in the intro of it. Well, no, because what was I going to say? Well, the bit was that I was going to start talking and do a whole podcast until you went. Well, hang on a second. <laughs> And then you didn't do it, and I just started laughing because I'm like, wow, he's actually just letting this happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My silence was deafening. It's true. All right. Oh, another. I was going to say, another highlight uh, for the year, uh, the bridge had its ninth anniversary. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every year it has an anniversary. This year was the ninth. It's not musical, but it is lore, so... Yeah, it's, it's part of the podcast. It was an essential part of the year. Yeah, for sure. As it is every year. All right. Shall we wrap her up? Thank you for listening to this episode of this this podcast. A podcast where we talk about music and everything spinning in the music world and everything recapping in the music world. Also, everything in the McCartney world. Uh, make sure to follow us on Spotify or iTunes or the, uh, the graveyard that is Google Play. And click like on it if there's a like button. If there's a subscribe button, consider subscribing on it. Uh, if there is uh, a way to illegally listen to it, uh, burn in hell. We'll see you in court. Uh, I've been Sam Dow. And I'm Aiden Clare. And hell yeah. Next time. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs>